Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast you really don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and today you'll get a sneak peek behind the scenes at what it's like to be an author. You're going to hear the backstory behind the book, who or what inspires the author, maybe even where their ideas come from, and who knows? You might even get the inside scoop on a new project. If you want to know more about them and their work, then we'll tell you where to find them on social media. Joining me today is Brian Tong, and he's here to talk about his book, Verdict Justice. Brian is a practicing attorney who holds five college degrees. He practices law full-time as a board-certified trial lawyer, and he's also a master barbecue judge, an amateur gourmet, gourmet chef, a red wine snob, as well as being a golf and college football fan. He is an adjunct assistant professor at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University Worldwide Campus. Wow, Brian, you are a renaissance man. Welcome to Books on Air. Thank you. You know... It's my pleasure. Oh, I, I can't wait to talk to you. You're such an interesting person. It it always seems to me that there's a backstory behind every writer. Some writers start writing as children. Some writers, there's a spark that's recognized by a teacher or a professor, and they're encouraged. Sometimes people wait until they retire to start writing. Some people write because a there's some seminal event that happens in their lives, and they feel like they have to share it. So what's the story behind Brian Tong starting to write, and when was it? Well, it's, it's, it goes back to uh, – I started practicing law in 1983 here in, here in Florida, and uh, I had a, a big verdict in a case back in 1992 – and it was a very interesting case, and many, many people said, boy, you ought to write a book about that. And so I thought about it, and it kind of started writing in my head. Um, I've been an avid book reader uh, since I was in high school. I had a, a teacher named Doc Carlin who made us, an American literature teacher that made us read uh, several books like Catcher in the Rye and Grapes of Wrath and Dune uh, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I can still remember those. We're talking from 10th grade. So I started reading vociferously back then. Um, and one thing my father always taught me was never stop learning. So I've always been a, a reader. I've read probably 5,000 novels myself. Uh, and I know that because about every time I get a thousand of them together, I donate them to charity so and I've done that five times so I've been a reader all my life and um, went to college got a degree went to law school got a degree started practicing and then continued after that I've gotten a master's and two PhDs since then so I'm continue to study and um, so I've always been a reader and then somebody said hey why don't you write a book about that verdict that was really interesting so I started writing it back in probably 95 and every now and then I'd write a chapter, and, and then I'd go five years, and stuff would accumulate in my head, and I wouldn't write at all. And then I'd pick up a pen and or a computer and add a few chapters, and and it was really something. It was just something that I was that I worked on in my spare time just for fun. And um, 
but then it started getting close to being finished, and I I met uh, an author by the name of Randy Wayne White, who is from West Florida and who writes about a guy named Doc Ford, and his books are very interesting. And he was doing a book signing here in Daytona, and I ran into him, and we had some things in common, and I got talking to him about my book and said, yeah, I've been writing a book for about 20 years, but I haven't haven't really gotten up the, the ambition to finish it. And he said, well, you need to finish it because your your brain will never let it go until you finish it. So what you need to do is set aside an hour a week, every week, that you're going to just write that book. And you'd be surprised before long it'll be finished. So I took Mr. White's advice and I started writing an hour a week. And the next thing you know, I finished the book. So... That was a couple of years ago, and then I went through the editing process and the publishing process, and now it's available on hardback or paperback. And it's it's an interesting story, and it's one that is all based on true true things that happen in my life. And I've changed the names of the players to you know protect the innocent, as they say. But <laughs> for the most part, everything in it um, happened in one way or another. So the main so, character, Brandon go. Michaels, is you. Pretty much, based on me, yep, that would be it. And then uh, the the main person in the story is a real person, and there was a real case that happened. And and then there's other cases thrown throughout. I mean, the, the story is basically about a small-time practicing lawyer like myself who does all kinds of different things, and there's some... There's some some smaller cases in there that I describe some of the facts, and a lot of them really happened, and some of them I exaggerate for purposes of entertainment, and others are pretty much the way they happen. So, and there's a few characters in there that are that are based on real people, and there's a few that are fictitious, but for the most part, you know, it's it's all based on stuff that's happened. Uh, in my life over the last 20 some years it's funny because when i when i finished the book um and sent it off to to the editors uh, one of the first things they came back to me was you know there's this part in here where he he he's in his truck and he he has no ability to make a phone call why didn't he just use his cell and i, and I was like well to be honest with you when i wrote that chapter there was no such thing as a cell phone so i better i better go back and fix that <laughs> i love it well let's give, yeah, you know give the listeners booths anymore give the listeners an overview of the story because it it really just pulls you in immediately when you start to read the book the the story is about a, a young man who was a, a ball player who who played for a, a Florida school. He was an incredible athlete, a pitcher, both played pitcher and quarterback. And um, he was visiting uh, Daytona, visiting his girlfriend who was about to graduate from uh, from college down here. And he got into an altercation basically, where a gang of guys decided that. Uh, they needed to whip his butt, and um, he got basically uh, went to seek refuge at the local campus, one of the local college campuses, and uh, the the security there was nowhere to be found on a night when they should have been, and he ended up getting a grievous career-ending injury, a comp- compound fracture of his ankle, uh, was never able to play sports again, lost a, basically a a shoe-in career in the, in the uh, National Baseball, Major League Baseball. He was already 
being recruited to, to pitch for the Chicago Cubs and um, lost his basically his professional athlete career as a result of this injury. And then the lawsuit that ensued uh, was against the local a local college. And um, it's all about the case and it's how it progressed and the people that that testified and all the players and then the trial itself. And then along the way, there's other cases interspersed in there as the lawyer goes through practice. And he, like me, is also a pilot. So there's some flying stories and there's some skydiving stories and there's a, there's a little bit of a love story. And it's funny, it's dramatic, it's interesting, and it's unlike any other book you've ever read, I think. It sounds, it really does sound interesting. And when I first read I, the first part of it, I always try to read parts of the book if I can't get the whole thing. When I first started to read the book, I had this feeling that this was real. It's just so funny because I, I had no idea when I first started reading the first few pages that the book was a real incident. And yet the way that you have written those introductory chapters reaches out and sort of grabs the reader by the lapels, if you will, and pulls them right into the book. And you can just see your your verbiage and your your prose is very good and you're very descriptive. It really does pull the reader right in. Did you learn anything about yourself going through this long process of writing a book? Um I learned that um you know I'm one of the, I guess one of the things that you know not being a, a, a trained professional writer I learned actually I learned a lot in the editing process I think because you know when you're telling a story um you and when you're writing a book and telling a story you're, you you need to keep it in the same voice um so in other words if you're if you're speaking in the first person and you're telling the story as one of the characters, then you need to keep the story coming out of the mouth or mind of that character. And I had a habit of drifting away and letting other characters tell the story in the middle of it. And, and so I had to, I had to train myself and edit the book to, to stay on focus and, and to keep it all coming from the same, the same voice. So that was one of the things I learned was that, you know, you just, when you write a story, you can't just tell it from 40 different points of view. You have to keep it from the point of view of of one person, either the author or the protagonist, so to speak. So I learned a lot about how to write a book, although it was it was a long process. It was, um, you know, it was a lot of work and I I don't, it was a story that had been in my head for so long that I just needed to get it out and and get it published. I didn't really do it to to make money. I did it just because I wanted to tell a story and see if I could do it. And so once I did it, it's kind of like been there, done that. Now I'm on to other things, and um, I don't anticipate ever doing writing another one unless I get stricken by some huge story that I feel <laughs> compelled to put on paper again. But it was, uh, you know, been there, done that. I've got the T-shirt. Now I'm looking for something else to do, so... Well, I'm sure that there are people who are listening to us right now who are saying to themselves, wait a minute, I have a story. I have a book. Would you have any advice for somebody that is a maybe aspiring or a considering to be an author? Um, 
Well, it's, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, now that I've done it and I've, I've spent probably $20,000 having this thing put together between the editing, the packaging, um, the cover design, you know, I mean, there's, there's just a real lot to it. Um, and so I would say if you really feel like you want to write a book, you need to feel strongly about it because it's going to be expensive. And then you need to just dedicate time to writing it, you know, pick an hour a day or pick, pick an hour a week even. I mean, if you just stay consistent and keep it flowing, then it'll happen before you know it. So, you know, the thing with authors, I'm, like I said, I've read so many books and I have so many, I could talk to you about favorite, favorite authors and favorite books, you know, all day long. And one of the things that you'll see, even from guys like John Grisham, who, when people ask me what the book's about, I say, well, it's kind of like a Grisham legal uh, thriller. It's uh, it's all about a legal case and the lawyers involved and and all the the goings on. But and everybody knows John Grisham, but you know he has to publish a book every year to to stay, you know, keep his publishers happy. And and every author that uh, that I read, it seems like, you know, they come out with a new book every year and that would be a lot of pressure to me to have to write a new book every year. So, um, you know, the girl, what was that book? Uh, the girl with the spider tattoo written by the guy from Sweden or right. the dragon, the girl, the dragon, with the dragon tattoo. something, the girl with yeah, the dragon tattoo. Right. Yep. That was <laughs> that guy. He wrote, he wrote three books before he ever, published any of them and actually he died before he finished the third one so he never saw his work published but i always think you know if i was really going to write a series a book with a series like uh like i love jack reacher those stories um and that author writes a new book every year there's a new one comes out every year and that's a pretty tough schedule to write a 300 page book and have it edited and published within 12 months but so if you're if you really want to be a writer, you know, be ready for a concentrated career of um dedicated work because it's it's not as easy as you'd think. What's well, interesting, I've interviewed I have no idea how many fiction writers. There's a there's a certain brain thing that happens with fiction writers and they don't have most of them don't have trouble coming up with the plot for a book a year. It's really interesting. And one of the things that they'll say to me is that the characters just come to them. And the characters will come to them and want to be written. I know it sounds crazy, but many fiction writers work like that. And it's it's really interesting when you start talking to them about their writing process and about how real the characters become to them. They don't look like actors or actresses or anybody that you've ever seen. They look like themselves. And the dialogue, they'll talk about that the the character will give them the dialogue and that the character won't say anything that that character wouldn't say, something that's not consistent with their moral values or however the character operates. It's just really interesting to talk to somebody who has that that real creative brain because it's um, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, with me, this this whole story was in my head 
from the beginning. Exactly. I mean, and it was there, it was all there, and it was just a matter of putting it on paper. And so that's kind of the way it was with me. The characters just kind of appeared and flowed, and and the story was told before I even wrote it. It was just a matter of transferring it from my my computer brain to my paper or my computer, and and it was all like like you said. It was everybody was already in place, and it was just a matter of writing it down. Yeah, and, it's really. And I think I could do that with another story too if I wanted to. I just you know it's just it's kind of like you know you go on vacation and you go to a place that's really great and you say man that was that was the that was the coolest vacation I've ever had and then you go back and you go again to the same place and it's not near as fun. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> right. And I think that's what that's what I have in my mind is if I write another book, it just won't be near as fun as writing the first one. So I don't think I want to do another one. But if I guess if I came up with a really good story, I could I could do it. But I'm just you know, I'm getting a little a little long in the tooth for that. I'm 63, so I don't see myself writing any more books unless I really run out of things to do. <laughs> Who knows if something if a story comes knocking on your brain, then you'll do that. Let's tell yeah, our if listeners. I get one that's just too much fun. Let's tell our listeners where they can get the book because I know that we have attracted their attention and attracted their interest. Now it's on Amazon, and I always it is. yeah it is it's on Amazon, and I wonder always if there's someone that listens who hasn't ever done anything with Amazon. So I'll always take just the the second or two that it takes to say to the person, all you have to do is put www.amazon.com in your search feature on the top of your computer, click on it, and you'll be right there on the Amazon homepage, which the first time you go there, I think it looks a little intimidating, and you go, "What what am I doing here? Look at all this stuff. If you'll just look for a big long semi-rectangular search box and type in the title of the book, which is Verdict, V-E-R-D-I-C-T, Justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, by Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Tong, T-O-U-N-G. If you just type that in, click on it, the book will come right up. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner, when you look at the cover, there are two words that are important for you. It says, look inside. If you just click on those two words, the book electronically opens, and there's a terrific excerpt that will reach out, grab you, and pull you right into the story. You can also buy the book right there on that page. Is there anything else you want to say to them about being able to buy the book, Brian? Well, the book has, you know, it was published by Life Rich Publishing, which is a division of Reader's Digest. And you can go, the book has its own website. It's www.verdictjustice.com. And you can buy it there, but the publisher's prices are actually higher than Amazon's. And you can, if you go to Amazon right now, to Verdict Justice by Brian Tong, I'm looking at that on my computer screen. And you can buy the hardcover for $12.99. And the paperback by sixteen ninety nine, which is reverse of the way it should be. Normally, the hardcover is more, but in this case, apparently, it's it's been on the market for about six months, and they've dropped the price. And so they've um, you can get the hardcover for twelve ninety nine, and I recommend the hardcover because it has um, it has more pictures. It's got a you know it's got a, a, a dust cover that has pictures on the inside and the 
and the outside. So it's got a picture of me and my dog. One of one of the one of the um, characters in the book is my dog, and she's an Australian Shepherd, and she plays a she plays a pretty interesting part. She likes to chase fish. Um, so <laughs> I love <laughs> and, it. And her name is her name is Steve. Uh, so <laughs> her name is Steve. <laughs> her name is Steve. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I know there's a so, story there, Brian. I know there's a story uh, there. There is. There is. <laughs> you know, I have a I have a good friend who's a judge down Key West, and and he read the book, and he called and told me, I love the book, and I especially love the fact that your dog's name is Steve because I have a female cat named Ed. <laughs> 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 you guys are so, crazy. I thought that was good. I think so too. Well, you also we can tell people where to find you on social media. Let's talk about your website. Well, I've got three actually. I've got there's uh there's there's com. That's the book's website and then you know, my personal my law firm, I have www.briantong.com, and then I also do some social media work on um, on the internet. With uh, and I have I have a website called www.boomerlife.net uh, because I'm a baby boomer, and so I help people promote their health and wealth and and general stuff for us old farts on boomerlife.net <laughs> and. My uh, my kids get a big kick out of that, but we're uh, we're doing some stuff with the internet with with Instagram. It's called I think it's My Boomer Life, and then I've got a YouTube channel called Boomer Life, and I've got um, Twitter account and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to I'm trying to stay keep my mind active here. You know my my idea of a relaxing evening is I have two 65 inch screen TVs side by side. And I watch two televisions and read a book at the same time, and that's how I relax. So, wow, I'm a multi, I'm a multitasker. Apparently, <laughs> and you're also yeah. a blogger. Weren't you telling me that you had a couple of blogs? I do. I I do blog work at BoomerLife.net. That's my 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 blog site, and then also on my my law firm site, I do some blogging on that. Um, you know, and I'm also a pilot and a flight instructor, and I teach at Embry Riddle, and and I've got 350 skydives, and I try to I try to stay busy. A Renaissance man, indeed. See, I was right. So there you go. I always like to give an author the opportunity to have the last word about their book. So when the listener becomes a reader, and they do buy one of those wonderful copies from Amazon that's on sale, and they read the book from cover to cover, literally. They may choose the electronic version, but if they choose the hardcover, they read it from cover to cover, they close that back cover for the very last time. What do you want them to take away? Just the fact that this was a really good, interesting story, a great read, a way to escape? Or is there something else that you want them to leave with? Yeah, there's, you know, the book, the book is, um, is, is, a, is a fun story about, you know, small time practice of law. And it's, and it's very interesting. Uh, but then at the end, I have a, I have a part two at the back, which is kind of a mystery. Uh, and it, it diverges from the path of the normal 
type book, and and, and it has um, uh, it has some very uh, some some unusual things happen to the lawyer, and 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 involves some otherworldly things, and and I put an author's note, and I'll I'll read that to you because it's probably not in the first printing of the book. And so people that, that read the book and they read p- the part two, the aftermath, they might not understand, you know, where that's coming from. And so that that part two is the author's attempt to close the story with a final chapter intended to relate his concern to his readers that perhaps we humans are overpopulating, overheating, overusing, and or overstressing this beautiful earth upon which we all ride and the hope is to make us all more mindful of our carbon footprint, maybe flush the toilet less, use less disposable plastic, less fossil fuel, have less kids, etc. Uh, every little bit counts. As the famous scientist Stephen Hawking once said, we are in danger of destroying ourselves by our greed and stupidity. We cannot remain looking inwards at ourselves on a small and increasingly polluted and overcrowded planet. The story itself is based upon real cases handled by the author and real people he has worked with over 38-plus years in practice, and all the names have been changed to protect client identities. Thank you for reading my novel, and if you enjoyed it, give us a review. And that's kind of how I, I ended the put an author's note at the end to explain the afterword in the last chapter. So it's the book is about to make people enjoy it, but it's also... At the end, it's it's got a little section there to to make you think. So it gets a little heavy at the end, but it's uh, hopefully it's a positive thing. Brian, I am so glad that we had the opportunity to chat. This has been seriously delightful. I have enjoyed talking with you so much, and I hope that our listeners will pick up a copy of Verdict Justice. It's just, it's it's so interesting, and they'll have such a good read, and I love it that you have given such a positive, thought-provoking is probably a better way to say it, message, because the world is so crazy right now, and there are so many things happening. You've provided us with a story that's an escape, and yet at the same time you've brought us back to reality. So thank you so very much for being my guest here on Books on Air. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure, and have a great day, and stay away from the COVID. <laughs> no kidding. Remember. <laughs> you got that right. I, oh, no kidding. Stay away from that stuff. Remember that you can find Brian's book, Verdict Justice, on Amazon. And his last name is spelled T-O-U-N-G. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here and you really never know who, what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.